Hello, everybody, and welcome back to One for One. I'm your host, Nolan Schumann, joined as always by my co-host, Miles Fuchs. Straight to the point this time, Miles. How are you? Nolan, I'm doing well. Uh, it's been a nice week without uh, without he who must not be named, the former Oilers coach, as he will now be referred to on the show. Uh, so this week has been positive. This week's been good. How has this week been for you? What have you been up to? It's working. Just just doing just doing the classic the, just doing the classic Monday through Friday stuff. Went to the cottage on the weekend. Going to go to the cottage again next weekend. It's been good. Been watching some Oilers hockey, even though I live on the East Coast. And uh, the games don't finish until one thirty, which Oof. is less than ideal. Oof, Maroon. Yeah, that's uh, f- f- five out of seven Maroons. Um, but other than that, it's been good. Been just trying to trying to keep level headed lately. How 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 have, how have you been? Um, about the same. Twerking nine to five. Uh, what oh, a way to make nice. a living. So you know how it is. But we can't uh, stop. We won't stop. No, uh, bangers for sure. But. Uh, <laughs> No, no. One thing that has really been occupying my time recently is, and I know it's not a new game anymore, but it is certainly something. And that, and that is Wordle. Have you been playing Wordle? Okay. I'm going to sound like such a boomer. I have absolutely no idea. I've had Wordle explained to me probably six times. I still don't know what it is. And I probably don't plan on playing it. I don't blame you for that because like, it's the most infuriating thing you could do. I don't understand why people do it to themselves. I don't understand why I'm doing it to myself. Um, but nonetheless, I am a, a confirmed slut for Wordle. I play it every day. I have a few chats that I send my Wordle score to. And uh, I, I've been having a little bit of a rough go this week. Got my first loss. You have six You have six rows to get the word right. Didn't get one one week. First time it happened to me. Fucking absolutely just folded me. And then um, today I got down to the sixth pick, the sixth throw, and I finally threw one out there and I got it. But man, oh man, ever since the New York Times bought it, it's it's gotten so hard. Nothing will make you feel more inept than like being unable to come up with a word, like staring at a six letter word and just going, oh, uh, like the Kanye outside of McDonald's thing where he's like, can I get, oh, uh, I'm like, what word starts with C? Uh, uh, is did you just use the word inept because it was a wordle word no inept is a word um I've, I've actually used that in presentations before i think it's pretty funny uh when you use that word are you absolutely wearing a really nice suit and tie um because i used to be a tech boy no well that's no good. <laughs> isn't that no good long gone are the boardroom days nolan it's it's a millennial world out there we're wearing uh we're wearing oxford button downs and slim fit khakis and don't forget your carhartt toque and your carhartt toque carhartt can't lose uh speaking of the kanye mcdonald's commercial miles um did you enjoy the Super Bowl? I just figured we might as well talk because this is this is our first show after the Super Bowl. So I, I just I wanted to just get your thoughts or your quick thoughts on the Super Bowl. My T H O T S. I thought it was a really good Super Bowl. Um, I quite enjoyed the game. Uh, you know, uh, the team ultimately that I wanted to win won. Shout out Rams. So West Coast Mal was stoked. I was stoked. Big payday coming in there, and um, it was an entertaining game. I thought the halftime show was cool. Uh, 
I don't know, really can't complain. Best Super Bowl I've seen in, in a number of years, in my humble opinion. Ooh, that's interesting. Best Super Bowl in a, in a couple of years. You know what? I I, I really like that Niners that that Niners Chiefs Super Bowl, but I no, I I I think that it's been getting kind of unfairly criticized because people were saying, oh, it was kind of a back and forth Super Bowl where not a lot was happening happening offensively. And my retort to that is, uh. That's that that's called football. Like I don't know what you expect when you have two good defenses playing against each other, and including Sean Sean McVay, who decided to keep on running the ball. But um, I digress. Uh, I was just I was really happy for Aaron Donald, man. I just I love Aaron Donald so 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 much. Um, I saw the news today that's looking like he's probably not going to retire. Uh, contrary to the reports that we heard before the Super Bowl. So that makes me very happy to see. And I must say, when he had that last sack on, uh, I believe it was on the third, no, the fourth and the fourth and one on Joe Burrow, and he did the... <laughs> the middle-aged woman after two dates. Yeah, exactly. That made me incredibly happy and fired me up, needless to say. And talking about fired up... Miles. Been pretty fired up this last week for the old Oilers. Oh, baby. That's good stuff. That's at least nine out of five fucking Maroons. Maroons. It's like like the first sip of a DC after a bite into a pastrami sandwich. If you say anything anything about my sister's ass, we have a problem. (laughs) But yes, the Jay Woodcroft debut is finally here. Um... Miles, do you, do you, do you want to give a quick rundown, or do you just want to jump into the games? Um, I would love to do a quick run around, run run around, run run run, run, run away, run 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 away, run away from me, baby. We're gonna be talking about the Jay Woodcroft debut, uh, recapping the games against the Islanders, the Shacks, and the Kings. Then we'll move into a little bit of Oilers overall discussion and one, two, three three, four, five, six, seven, eight points of NHL discussion. we got a big one here today, Nolan. I cannot wait. I'm excited. And without further ado, why don't you get things under, why don't you get things started with the uh, 3-1 Oilers victory from February 11th and the christening of the Jay Woodcroft debut. He floats down from the rafters. Jay Woodcroft is, is approaching us and it's very exciting my, can we, call, can we call him uh, Wide Stance Woodcroft? Oh man, he's so like I don't I I don't want to say he's hard because that makes it sound weird, but like he's hard as fuck. <laughs> yes, like he's... holy shit. Um, and before we get to anything, Jay Woodcroft, something that will make Oilers fans very happy. So before the game started, it was uh, the 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 lines were basically, um, and and the lines have remained very similar for the last little while. Uh, sorry, over the last three games, which were Hyman Hyman McDavid, Pooley Yarvi, uh, Kane Drysaddle, Yamamoto, Warren Fogle, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and Derek Ryan, and then the fourth line was Tyler Benson, Ryan McLeod, and Devin Shore. However. Last minute, for this first game, Jay Woodcroft decides to go with an 11 and 7 setup. And who does he scratch? 
<laughs> See you later, Devin Shore. Get my DJ out of jail. And decides he's going to play rookie defenseman Marcus Niemelainen, Philip Broberg, William Logason, in in addition to the rest of the 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 hunky dory crew. But man, just already first game just says I'm going to make a statement. Eleven and seven. Here we go. Fuck that twelve and six action, baby. And after a pretty rocky first period, which the Oilers did allow quite a few shots, and I was at the cottage, so I was not able to watch all of this game. I was just kind of checking in every now and then. But hey, I saw on. the shots. Yes. Were you just curious? Were you at the cottage this weekend? I uh, I don't know if you knew, but I was at the cottage, and because oh, okay. uh, you hadn't said for sure, so I just wanted to just make sure. I just wanted to double check. How would you go fuck yourself, Miles? <laughs> It's not my fault that I'm dragged to the cottage. Oh, Taylor's yeah, you're cut off. The cottage count is at three. C O T T A G. Uh, after the first period, which the Oilers were in heavily outshot by the New York Islanders and allowing all kinds of chances, I forgot to mention Mike Smith starting. Very surprising. Aging Cody Banks, otherwise known as Codeth CC, otherwise known as King Codeth of Ottawa. Ontario, yikes, gets his second of the year from Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. We love to see that. And that was after a nice penalty kill, which the Oilers did not allow the power play goal to the New York Islanders in case you didn't know what a power play was, but whatever. And it's one nothing Oilers. The Oilers scored first. Oh my God, the Oilers scored first. I think the in the broadcast last night they were saying that the Oilers are three and zero when scoring first, which is disgusting. That <laughs> there's been three fucking games where they scored the first goal. <laughs> See, I I thought that it was it was it three and was it three and zero when they score first or was it like three and zero under Woodcroft? It was like scoring first. Okay, yeah, which it's, is disgusting. Yeah, that's that's that that's problematic, and. After this goal was scored, it was pretty well all Oilers from here on out. Um, Zachary Martin Hyman, the children's author, gets his 14th of the year from Connor McDavid. We love to see that. Then, unfortunately, Anthony left left on red by Hannah Kendrick Beauvillier gets a power play goal, and it's still and it's two one Oilers. You like that? That is, that is, that is very good. That is Thank very you. Good. Thank you. Miles, would you like to read the next point? I would certainly love to. So at this point, Nolan, uh, after Bavillier scores, it is uh, 2-1 for the Oilers, as you mentioned, until... <laughs> gets his 11th goal of the year. I think his first in like 15 games. Off the schneid. Absolute beauty of a Bobby Orr impression at the mid-mark of the third period. And that was all she wrote. Because that was the last goal of the game. And it finished 3-1 for the Edmonton Oilers. A big dub for Big J in his big debut. Shots were 38-36, New York Islanders. But, you know, I think we'll I think we'll just mark that up to the first period. 50% in the dot, 23 each one, one for two on the power play, and 28 hits to the Islanders, 29. Um I, like I said, did not watch the game. Didn't know if you knew. I was at the cottage. Uh <laughs> but 
Mike Smith with a hell of a performance and a nice bounce back. It was it was funny because um, a bunch of people were talking about it on uh, a bunch of people were, were talking about it on Twitter and they said, "Was Mike Smith secretly a part of Fire Blank Train?" <laughs> because like very first game back, he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm just gonna turn into like Jacques Plante." Dude, hey, you know what, man? It stranger things have happened. Michael J. Smith. Michael J. Smith. Following that up, a trip again, a trip to California to face off against the San Jose Sharks. <laughs> the Sharks? Yeah, that's me making that's me making it's me making teeth like a like a like a chompy face. Yes, chompy yes. face emoji. Yeah, grr. <laughs> uh, which we'll get to the title afterwards, but. Facing off against a very stinky Sharks team, but Oilers didn't really take too long to get into it because Warren Fogle, Fogle Daddy, gets a sixth of the year from from Carhartt Ryan and his F550 and Prince Evan Bouchard. Yeah, the truck, he had just had the truck idling outside the SAP arena all game. He's like in a towaway zone, and, and everybody in California is coming out, and they're like, who's running a diesel truck out here? And Derek Ryan just peeks his head out from the... From the door to the rinks, the dressing room. He's like, "Hey, don't shut that off, eh? Just leave her. I let her go." They're like, "We have enough pollution in California. Please stop." (laughs) No, no, if you shut it off, it's not going to start back up again. Just let let her on. He's got a whole like (laughs) mig. He's got a whole mig welding set on the back of his truck. (laughs) That's how he's making passive income. He's just doing uh, patch welding jobs. Oh my god! Can I tell you a little story? Absolutely. So there's a, a famous senior hockey game in like Indian Head, Saskatchewan, shout out Indian Head. And uh, somebody like got mashed into the boards and like the stanchion broke or something like that. So there was just like floppy glass. And do you know what happened? And this is where we get to the Derek Ryan story. Somebody backed their work truck in that had a MIG weld set up on it. That's so sick. <laughs> just they brief intermission, back the truck in, back the old Ford in. Uh, did the little patch job for the welding. I don't know if it was MIG welding. Somebody's going to be like, it's aluminum. You can't MIG weld aluminum. And I'm going to be like, fuck, sorry. I didn't know what setup you had on the truck. Um, but yeah, backed it in, cleaned it up, got out of there. And the game went on un- un- uninterrupted. And I think that that's what Derek Ryan does as well. He doesn't fly with the team. He just, you know, hit, just hits, the, hit, truck. hits the open road. He's just an asphalt cowboy. And, he, you know. <laughs> Takes her around, takes her around North America and plays some hockey. That's the kind of that's the kind of guy he is. Dude, you know what I was thinking? What is just a is just a funny term that's used by like older people. Is instead of saying hitchhiking, they say thumbing it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Taylor's stepdad was talking about was talking about. Um, Stompin' Tom Connors, and he's like, "Oh yeah, Stompin' Tom used to write all of his songs, and he'd be thumbing across Canada." <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I don't like that one. That's one that hasn't aged well. Hey, thumbing, <laughs> thumbing it across Canada. You guys, you guys, getting pretty serious? I ain't always thumbing it. <laughs> Speaking of that line, uh, <laughs> Dr. 2-5 makes it 2-0 from Ryan Nugent Hopkins. 
And the Oilers at this point are just in complete control of this game. Um, after like a little bit of a semi-rocky first five minutes, uh, they like crushed the San Jose Sharks in this game. Connor Tuxoma is 24th from the Dentine daddy, Evan Bouchard. Oilers put 41 shots on Reimer and Sachenko, who ha- who is in goal for two uh, for two minutes and 11 seconds because of a uh, equipment malfunction on uh, Jamison Reimer. If you're wondering why the name Zach Sachenko sounds familiar to you, it's because he was a a Moose Jaw Warriors namestay for a while there uh, in the in the WHL before playing a collegiate career at the University of Alberta for the Golden Bears and somehow found him, found his way into the show. So good for him. Uh, from Calgary, FFK, played with him for a year or something like that. He's got some good stories about him. But, uh, yeah, two minutes and 11 seconds in relief of, of Mr. James Reimer. So I thought that I'd include him there just for a little bit of a shout-out and a little bit of a story. FFK have some hands on him? Have some hands on him? Yeah. Yeah, I think he dangled him in practice a few times. Oh. Yeah. Fucking around with an NHL goaltender. (laughs) (laughs) Oilers won 52% of the draws, 27-25. We'd like to see that. We're out hit 16-12. to Eh, it's fine. Uh, Both the power play and the penalty kill were 0 for 4. So that means that they uh, were able to kill four four penalties. And the power play went 0 for 4. So they did not score on the power play. This is still a theme under the Woodcroft era. And lo and behold, a three nothing law or a three nothing win. Because Miles, what's a recipe for a W? Um, thank you for deferring the cooking question to me, the resident, uh, the resident sous chef of the show. Um, Nolan, a recipe for a W counts for counts for calls for. I'll start that over. A recipe for a W, Nolan, calls for one cup of stew, one cup of Stuart Skinner. Oh, man. Made 20 saves on 20 shots, so they kept a pretty low event for him, but when they needed it most, Stuart Skinner slammed the door shut. And the the entire last bit of the game, I was actually sitting up, and I knew the Oilers were obviously going to win the game, but I was like, please do not do this to him. Do not do this to him. Do not allow that goal. Do not allow that goal. And lo and behold, he was able to finish it off for his first career NHL shutout. There's plenty more where that came from, Stuart. I mean, if this season's kind of showed Oilers fans anything, it's it's fair to say that there's an heir apparent uh, in Stuart Skinner to the number one goaltender for the future for this team. Um, like he's young still and he's been playing awesome. He's been playing really good. So this game, I know we're talking about it being low event, 20 shots, whatever. But if you go back a little earlier in the season, specifically the games that he played against like Buffalo and Detroit, those are two where the team in front of him didn't show up and he kind of got cheated out of, you know, his win or his first shutout or something like that against an easier opponent. So I'm really happy that they showed up in this game and, you know, kind of made it up to him as it were, but, but like Stuart Skinner, uh, I think before this game, this would have affected his statistics a little bit, but he had like a 0.90 save percentage, which was the same as Marc-Andre Fleury. And Marc-Andre Fleury is a guy that's being talked about, um, you know, being a trade chip for not just the Oilers, but any team that's looking to make like a move at goaltender. So is for the, for the cups, for the cup playoff run so like just that little piece of knowledge is something that's nice to have in the back pocket because like skinner's awesome 
he's been playing solid this year and for him to finally get his first not finally because it's not like he has you know years of NHL experience under his belt without any uh, shutouts but just the fact that he was able to get it is is a nice monkey off of his chest as it were oh nice that's a good one I like that I like that a lot yeah, man. I and and the other the other cool part about Stuart Skinner as well is like he's got swag to him, man. Like he's just got he's got some serious swag. And I I think that that's that like that's needed. I think that's oh, yeah. absolutely needed on the back end. Um now, I'm not sure I want him playing the puck as often as Mike Smith does <laughs> because <laughs> we'll get to uh the first goal in this Kings game, but um I just I, I I really think there's a really good future because this guy's seasoned so well. Um, the 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 video that I that has actually always stuck with me and I constantly think about is um, the video we actually talked about earlier on in the season when he went back to Bakersfield and he had to he showed up like right like right as puck drop was happening and he like ran in quickly changed into his stuff. And there was something so confident about it. It's like a guy that's like, this is my crease. I know what I'm doing. I'm coming in. I can take over. No problem. You guys can trust that I'm here. It's like in Parks and Rec when Ron Swanson's at like Home Depot and they're like, hey, can I help you out with something? And he's like, no, I know more than you. He's just in his element. That's Stuart Skinner like walking into into a rink and they're like, hey, Stuart, like how was it? And he's like, shut up. I know more than you. Not shut up because he's a nice boy from Alberta. He'd probably be like, hey, bad. I know more than you. Don't worry about it, Dave. He better keep that mustache for the rest of his career, by the way. I think I think he is a mustache guy. I think that's that's absolutely yeah. a thing. He looks so sick. Yeah, he looks like a like a guy. Like a, a handsome hot boy. <laughs> hot boy Stewart. <laughs> We've immediately went to Horny Zone. Uh okay. <laughs> Next up was a bit of a tough one because I actually didn't realize how good this team was until I kind of looked into some of the numbers behind them. The, some of the numbers as I <laughs> as I pu- push up my glasses. Kyle Dubas, welcome to One for One. <laughs> Hi, Miles. Um, so about the Los Angeles Kings, they're among the, ve- the among the lead Lakers in expected goals and Fenwick four percentages. Sorry. But no, yes. you're not. <laughs> you're not. You apologize <laughs> if you're not sorry. Uh, yeah, they're a nasty little team, hey? Yeah, and we'll get into some of the reasons why I, I find them so, like, fucking difficult to play against. But I titled this Fuck the Kings because I fucking hate the Kings. I've hated the Kings since I uh, since I became a hockey fan because they're always tough. they're always tough to play against. And they always have calls go for them. I don't mean to sound like a little baby, but they, like, do you not agree? They always have calls going for them. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely, I don't know, it's a it's a recency bias for us too, because we see them so much and it's just like ingrained in your mind whenever one happens and you immediately call back to it. See, when I think of the Kings, I think of the Nail Yakupov uh, on his knees because that was absolutely <laughs> a goal that should have tied the game. And they called it off because Jonathan Quick threw a temper tantrum. And then Nail Yakupov scores, slides on his knees, and then uh, uh, Jonathan Quick goes into the media and says, I'm mad because Nail Yakupov slid on his knees after scoring at me. It's not very professional. And then Don Cherry's like, oh, yeah, this Russian kid, he does that respect for the game, Bobby Orr. And, like, it's... <laughs> and... <laughs> Miles has snot coming out of his nose, it looks like. 
Sorry, I did the Bobby Orr was fucking nasty. <laughs> And then the other time I think about is uh, Connor McDavid's rookie season. They're playing against the Kings. Connor McDavid scores the tying goal. They clearly see the puck in Quick's glove over the line. And McDavid points and goes upstairs, 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 because he's got some fucking rock star swag as an 18-year-old. And it's like, yeah, I'm here. I scored. And then what do the refs do? Oh, yeah, we're going to take a look with New York. New York looks at it. Oh, I don't see a puck. You can fucking see the outline of the puck over the line. But no, the Kings don't get calls. Uh, Anyways, anyways, anyways. After a bit of a tough play on the puck by Michael Smith, Michael, sweetheart, sometimes we don't need to play the puck. Sometimes we can just let it, just, just, just let it go. Like the like the song from Frozen. What did the what did the Beatles used to sing about? Letting it be. It's <laughs> a good one too. Let it be, let it be. Sorry. <laughs> and what ends up happening is Michael Smith loses control of the puck, of course, as one does. Works it back around. Arthur Kaliev scores right near the end of the first from um, one of my least favorite players, Brendan Lemieux, the loser. We'll get to him later on. And it's one nothing Kings. And you know what? All in all, I don't think that this is like, this isn't like a, a, a like a detriment blow to this team because overall, like the Oilers have been playing fairly well. It's been kind of even back and forth. Um, and it, most of this game was one nothing Kings until Connor McDavid gets his 25th of the year from. He's There you go. Big episode for Miles' vocal cords. Well, Miles, I don't think your vocal cords have been stretched far enough, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> and which led into a wow of a third period. Ryan Nugent Hopkins gets lucky number seven from Warren Fogle and Derek Ryan. Wow, I feel like I've heard those names before. We'll get to them. Philip Deneau, Dirty Deneau, who's a prick in a good way. We'll get to him as well. Uh, makes it 2-2. Tough look. Kyler Yamamoto gets the late go-ahead goal, his ninth of the year from Evander Kane and Leon Dreisaitl to put them up 3-2 with about five minutes or so left, and I lost my ever-loving shit. I was so excited because... Oh, you know what? Actually, we'll save that for the end. Zachary Martin-Hyman, children's author. Gonna write a gonna write a story about putting a puck into an empty net. Gets an empty netter from Tyson Berry and Connor McDavid, and finally Evander Kane gets his third with the Oilers on an empty net from Aging Cody Banks, and it's five two Oilers. Oilers outshot thirty two to twenty nine. Not bad, not bad at all. Mike Mike Smith had thirty saves and a .938 save percentage. Good, good, good stuff. Good again, again. Yeah, two two very good numbers and two very good games. Like, starting goaltender games, we need to see that from Mike Smith. Again, the Oilers 0 for 4 on the power play. Not great to see. The Kings were 0 for 5 on the power play. That's great to see. Hits 23 to 19 for the Oilers in a very physical bout, and they lost the, bat- the face-off battle 30 to 22 against a team with very good centermen. So... Um, I wanted to get to a couple things that I wanted to mention. First and foremost, 
LA is very difficult to play against, and they ha- they are kind of an extension of their identity from the Daryl Sutter era, where um, just you cannot get into the middle of the ice on this team, and especially Philip Deneau. I, I I put a tweet out from the one for one account last night, but it was like. Um, there are few shutdown centers in the NHL. Like, few guys I can look at and say, I do not want my top offensive center going up against that guy. And Philip Deneau is the only one that makes me think that way. Because he reminds me of, like, a 3 and D player in the NBA, but, like, an elite lockdown 3 and D player. Imagine, oh, I don't don't know how much you know about the NBA, but, like, imagine Tony Allen if he could shoot three-pointers. Like, a guy that you can put on the best offensive player on the other team, and he will shut them down and make them work for it. And that's exactly what Philip Deneau does. And goddamn, he may he may be paid quite a bit, but I think it's worth it for what you're getting from him. And they're getting some pretty decent offensive production from him. Um, do you want to talk about the third line? Yeah, I mean, uh, do you want to move right into the Oilers? They might as well. Um, so that third line that has kind of taken shape since Papa Jay took over the team, uh, specifically we're talking about Warren Fogle, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and Derek Ryan. Um, yeah. Wow. I certainly wasn't expecting that. I, 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 I don't – I yeah, like it's, it's amazing just fucking around and seeing what you can do has led to this. Um, it's crazy to see see like because Derek Ryan when he came on this team you know at the beginning of the season everybody was talking about him as that third line center or that fourth line center and, yeah. and McLeod can play up blah 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 but man like the tenacity that he has along the boards and like the um, the way that he's able to keep plays going and the skill that he's chipping in with like with with Fogues and Nuge is like I don't want to say unprecedented but like surprising certainly yeah it it almost reminds me of, and I, I know that I've, I've brought him up multiple times, but like it reminds me of like how Patrick Maroon fit with Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid on that on, on that first line in sixteen seventeen. Um, he just works along the board so well. He's a smart player. He's not the most skilled player, but there's just something about him where he's just able to help move the puck in a very efficient way, and he's able to dig out those loose pucks. Yeah, it works he, incredibly well. He keeps plays alive, and and it's 100%. very. Very complimentary to what Fogel can do because he's such a big, strong guy. Um, you've got two wingers that are just willing to lay it all out on the line to dig pucks out, let Nuge buy some time, get open, move it around, either feed it back to the D or, or you know, um, create the offense themselves. But, like, it's been really impressive. They've been a really, really fun uh, group to watch. And I think, going back to what we were talking about before and some of those better teams, and we used uh, Tampa Bay as an example where they had that third line of, like, Gord Coleman and I can't remember who their other winger was. Um, but, like, just having a third line that is producing and is, like, tough to play against makes this team so much deeper. Um, and, you know, going looking at the top two lines of that Hyman, uh, McDavid, Pugliarvi, they've been awesome. We kind of knew that they were going to, that they were a good line all along. Uh, but keeping Dreisaitl, Kane, and Yamamoto together, Kane obviously being the, the new piece on that line, has like really stretched out how teams have to match up against the Oilers and what they've got to do to, you know, play the full 60 minutes against them. They're a, a finally looks like a three line team. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, and not only the three-line team, but then you have guys like Ryan McLeod and Tyler Benson. Well, we'll talk about Tyler Benson and Devin Shore um, kind of percolating their way into the top nine because 
obviously there's not a fourth line, so they're kind of working their way around. Um, yeah, they're they're mixing and matching. They're get, yeah. they're finally have the potential for opportunities. Something that made me laugh, uh, Devin Shore finally got to play under Jay Woodcroft in the game against LA. And Jay Woodcroft played him for two minutes and 57 seconds and said, I've had enough of this guy. See you oh. later. Strapped into the bench. If you were not a Jay Woodcroft lover before hearing that, I think you're a Jay Woodcroft lover after. And no disrespect to Devin Shore, the person, because like from all the Oilers media and stuff like that, seems like a decently likable guy. Oh, like, 100%. Seems like a nice dude, but like he was one of he who must not be named's pets. And yeah. it's just rewarding to yeah. see and- that, that he's not. The Bears are who we thought they were. <laughs> you know, I- Devin Shore could be a really nice guy. He could be a really great locker room, really great locker room presence. A guy that you can kind of rally around, and that's perfectly fine. He just doesn't need to play every night. Um, playing him in a pinch if you need to is fine, but I don't agree with this everyday player Devin Shore mentality because I just don't think it really works out all that well. Why the fuck did it ever get to that point though? That's not what he got re-signed to be. He wasn't re-signed to I be mean, an everyday player. Like I mean, he was re-signed for two years, which is a I mean when you're signing a guy to two years and you know your head coach loves this guy, I think it's kind of written in there that he's pretty much stapled to the to a fourth line role in some way. Now it's about how Dave Tippett was using him. Um the uh somebody that has honestly blown my mind with how 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 much I've enjoyed his play. I can't believe I'm saying it. Marcus Niemelainen. I remember when and shout out to Babyback Billick, good dude. He was at the last game that the Kings and uh, Oilers played against each other. The one where Kempe or McDavid got kicked out for the hit from behind, and Kempe had like three or four goals. Whatever. No one's talking about that. But I remember after that game where we were talking just like about how bad Nemo Linen was not bad, but like just, you know, he didn't look up the snuff. He looked out of place. He didn't yeah. look NHL ready, got sent back down. Now he's called back up to the team and dude, he does look like a different player. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not. A, I, I don't think he'll ever pan out to be a top four D man. If he does awesome, sick, cool, whatever, but he looks perfect for a bottom pair. Oh, hundred percent. Um, uh, actually a, a funny, <laughs> he, skates, a fu- he skates well. He, he skates, skates well. well. He hits fucking hard. Yeah. He made a really nice, like, uh, cross the slot pass in the game against the Kings, too. I was like, what the? Who was that? Like, he's just out there dishing it. He looks looks good. He's got 48 hits in 10 games. Oh. <laughs> like, guy is throwing his body around. And I bet you any money, like, those first few games, he probably, he probably wasn't racking up the... I could probably actually pull up all of his individual numbers here. But, like... Okay, never mind. Uh, in his last in his last three games, he's got thir- uh, twelve hits. And like, I'm not usually like a big hits guy when it comes to statistics or like, oh, this guy plays really great defensively in his own zone. But the guy is not afraid to make the simple play and to throw his body around, and that's exactly what you need. You need to be hard to play against, and I think that's exactly what what Nima Linen is doing, and he's making a name for himself. Um, you could maybe say something about Philip Broberg. Still, I mean, it's still his first year on North American Ice. I'm not, I'm not too worried about him. I, I firmly believe that the, the, the coaching staff is going to put him in a position to succeed. Um, but overall, man, like 
I, I wanted to kind of open this up to you because I, I know how I feel. What have you overall noticed that's different? Oh, goodness. You can tell right away from the like, puck drop that the defensive structure of this team has changed. Oh, insane. One thing that I've been like really happy with is I don't know if I would call it like a systems change, but like there's just a dedication to back checking. And what I mean by that is you're noticing it a lot more. I noticed it a lot in the game against the Islanders, not so much in the game against the Sharks because they were kind of in the driver's zone or driver's seat. And in that game against the Kings, I'll be honest with you, I was pretty passively watching. But again, using this Islanders game as an example, what I was seeing quite a bit was uh, like uh, the offensive zone pressure or offensive zone uh, pinching from the defenseman. And it was immediately supported by a streaking forward. So like if Darnell Nurse had a puck coming up his wall, he was jumping in hard to pinch that puck off and keep it in the zone. And then you'd have like Dreisaitl, for example, coming back hard to cover his point on defense so that there were, it seemed like less odd man rushes going back the other way. And just having a streaking forward automatically coming back on defense, uh, even evens up the numbers of the rush coming back regardless, right? And gives you a leg up. Um, but using those two players as an example, going forward, uh, Dreisaitl was like on his horse, going back, going back, going back, intercepted a pass, knocked it back up. And then the Oilers were going back the other way on a two-on-one. So yeah, the you can tell that this team is looking at their defensive responsibilities a lot differently. And I don't know if it's just because it's a new voice saying it or if they're just buying into the system or what it is but I like it and I've loved it. Uh, and it's funny you bring it's, it's funny you bring that up. Um, so the, 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 the biggest thing I've noticed is the, the ability to just stand up at the blue line. Like, no, like people are not getting through the blue line easily. And I think it's a, a the, the, an, an, a, like another really big part of this is just defensemen using their sticks. I feel like more than not, you were finding players were were just allowing allowing the other team to easily beat them, and I know that that sounds kind of like kind of simplistic, but I need you to kind of hear me out here. But it's it, it it's it's literally as simple as it seemed. Is somebody makes one quick move on Darnell Nurse, and there's a two on one, and I don't understand what the hell it was, what the hell was going on, what Dave Tippett was teaching them along. Oh, ah, uh, don't my bad, didn't mean to. <laughs> He who, he who shall not be named. Um, but it just seems like this team is just dealing with a lot more simple of a structure. Um, now, it's it's funny you bring up the forwards. It's funny you bring up Leon and McDavid. Miles, I, I, w- I would like to read you uh, uh, three numbers from the, from, the last, uh, from the last little bit. 2035, 1851, and 2111. Those were Connor McDavid's ice time in the last three games. His average ice time this season is over 22 minutes a game. That is the key to your success. Because I find it funny that both Leon and Connor have looked much better defensively over the last three games, and all it is is they're playing less. Wow, what a shocking concept. Who'd have thunk? And it's it's interesting when you when you compare that to Derek Ryan, who um, Derek Ryan, I, I I can't remember where I where I read it or where I heard it, but basically, um, Derek Ryan had mentioned that he said that he's more effective when he's playing more. And I, that kind of seems like a no shit comment, 
But that's exactly what it was. When you strap Derek Ryan to the fourth line and you play him seven minutes a game, what do you expect out of him? It's the same with Ryan McLeod. It's the same with Warren Fogle. When you play these guys nine minutes a game, what do you expect to happen? And it seems like when you give these players a little bit more leash, a little bit more leeway to try something new and to and to just to be more creative and to play free. And this is a huge thing I've enjoyed about about Jay Woodcroft's press conferences. I've watched every Jay Woodcroft Jay Woodcroft post game, pre game, and his introductory press conference. And all it is is we're taking it one day at a time. We're trying to instill a little bit of systems because. You want to try and bring a little bit of structure, but it seems like every game this team is making a, a is making another um, another little adjustment to their game to to be more effective. Because, like, I can't even explain last night's game because that's a game that the Oilers of two weeks ago get blown out five nothing, and. I'm just really excited. I I love what Dave Manson's done to the defensive, or I love I love what Dave Manson's done to the decor. Um, uh, even just on the breakout, you notice something different about this team. And I'm it just seems like, oh, what I've noticed too. Speaking of of your gushing there, um, you can just tell the forwards are getting deeper, like on the back check. I don't want to yeah. call it the back check, but like uh, on their breakouts, the forwards yep. are just getting deeper. They're coming back further and they're supporting the defenseman. Um, allowing them to make shorter passes and you know put the puck on the sticks of guys that are skill players and able to get it out of the zone faster like they're building more speed the Oilers are a fast team anybody who doesn't think that the Oilers are fast is not watching hockey correctly like they've got a lot of speed in that forward group a lot of speed a lot of good size so when you can get your feet moving further back in your zone and work up as a unit and have support you're going to be way more successful um, and like makes them way more dynamic as a zone entry team as well, instead of just McDavid, you know, controlling the puck in on his own entry and then dumping it off or whatever. Right. Like I, I, I like what they're doing. Uh, what you were saying too, about the defenseman, like not letting guys get past them so easy. They're not playing as timid because they know that there's going to be support behind them with yeah. that streaking, uh, streaking forward coming back. So they're able to stand in there a little bit taller and take the body or use their stick. Like you're saying to, to try and make that play at the blue line without, you know, getting caught flat footed and immediately getting burned. So all in all, you can just, the coaching change did exactly what it was supposed to. And that was be a reset for confidence for an already good team. Yeah. And if they're as a good team as they are with some of the moves that they've made, getting Kane and, and whatnot, uh, they were already a good team. They've gotten a little bit deeper, a little bit better and, Shit, man, they're a hell of a lot more confident. Oh, and that's exactly 100%. what exactly what they needed. They, um, uh, well, one thing I did want to mention is, uh, like, I, I'm very impressed by how much Jay Woodcroft talks to his players. Like, they always pan to it um, when they're when it's like a TV timeout or something. But you'll always see Jay Woodcroft talking to the players, giving them words of admirations, and you know, just telling them, "Hey, you know, you could have done this, you could have done this," but like, you don't see the previous oh. regime doing this grumpy face for 60 minutes. Wow. That's a crazy concept. He's coaching on the bench. Who, what? No <laughs> friggin' way. People do that. I guess so. Who would have thunk it? But miles one to mention one last thing about the Oilers. I, I'm, we, we could probably talk about a couple of those, like uh, a couple of like those little things, but um, 
that uh, we have on here as well. But the Oilers are now in a three-way tie for third place. They have climbed their way out of the of the, out of the dumpster of the Pacific Division and are now in third place in the Pacific, currently in the playoff spot, tied Tut. with Anaheim and Los Angeles. Yes, and they'll have a they'll have a, a kick at that can, that duck can right away here. I think that's who they're playing shortly. So, um, yeah, we're excited. We are excited once again in Oilerville. Uh, speaking of being excited, um, Evander Kane was sure excited last night, Nolan, <laughs> when he punched Brendan Lemieux in the face. Falcon punch. Um. So, do, do you want do you want to bring up what he said? What, what he said to uh, Bouchard first? I would love to. And for for those of you who may not have been on the internet today, uh, it came out that Brendan Lemieux, who's just a king of being a shithead, um, for, who, takes who, after his dad. Yes, the first father-son combo to both be suspended for biting players in the NHL. It's absolutely amazing. Uh, but he chirped uh, the Dentine daddy, Evan Bouchard himself, uh, and said, essentially, who the fuck are you? Who, who the fuck even are you to Bouch? Um, who, by the way, has 26 points this season as a defenseman to Lemieux's eight points as a forward. So, you know, pretty suck crazy. Suck on these family jewels there, Brendan Lemieux. Yeah. Um, but yes, you alluded to it before. Evander Kane, give him a little, give him a little, give him a little tap to Brendan Lemieux. Um, we don't know what Brendan Lemieux said to uh, Evander Kane. I feel like he probably said something along the, along the lines of like, "What are you gonna do? Punch me?" Which, yeah, <laughs> trying to get try, trying to get underneath the skin. What are you gonna do? Stab me? Says man moments before being stabbed. <laughs> and. You know what? I fucking loved it. I'm so happy. I'm I'm happy Evander Kane is making a name for himself on this team. Um, we didn't get off to the best start, but I like uh, I like that he's just he's just going for it. And it's maybe a bit of a silly penalty to take, but realistically, like Brendan Lemieux should have gotten an embellishment penalty at the very least, um, because goddamn, um, this guy, this guy, uh, this guy must be a uh, must be a PC in 1995 because he sure is floppy. Aha! 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 Yeah, boy! Um, I think that you hit the nail on the head there specifically when you said uh, maybe a silly penalty to take, and I'm not imitating you. I'm just like... That's literally your voice for me every time we talk. <laughs> but no, okay, if the shoe's on the other foot and like they get scored on because of that penalty and then end up losing that game just because of the shifting of the momentum, that's one where I'm like, and Evander Kane is doing the dumb shit that we were talking. He's a selfish player, taking stupid penalties, blah, 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 blah. But because they won and because he was standing up for Prince Evan, we're like, yes, King. And like, we're all <laughs> just like jacked up and like ready to buy Evander Kane jerseys. So yes, I am speaking out of both sides of my mouth and I fully understand that. But again, I was the conductor of the choo-choo Evander Evander. Pick a fucking position. (laughs) So I know that I suck, but I've been pretty happy with what Evander Kane has done to this forward group in terms of like depth and offensive ability and toughness for sure. So shout out Evander. By the way, that slashing call that he got, or hooking, or whatever the fuck they called it, um, baloney, baloney sandwich call, baloney sandwich, yeah, absolutely. Call. So absolutely. he he had four pen, four minutes and penalties in that game, and like, I don't think any of them were deserved. No. So keep no. doing, keep doing you, Evander. Keep doing you, Queen. King. Well, 
king, queen, king, prince, queen. princess, jester, lovely, lovely lad. Speaking of lovely lad, Sid, Sid, I'm not a kid anymore. Crosby, <laughs> you like that? Uh, that, that? That's pretty good. I've had a couple good ones here. This, yeah, this yeah, you, yeah, you do. Yeah. You're, 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 you're kind of cooking. You're kind of like James Harden, like the fourth quarter. Oh, kind of like James Harden living at a Philadelphia strip club or, or cooking in the fourth quarter. Dude, James Harden is James. He's James Harden and Allen Iverson just sharing black books. Crosby <laughs> <laughs> becomes a 46 player in NHL history to score 500 goals. Welcome to the show kid. Um, I mean, we're just going to continue. We're, we're, it's kind of a reminder of how old I'm getting that I feel like every other day I'm seeing either Ovechkin or Crosby scoring like another crazy milestone point or goal or whatever the hell. Um, and I'm just going to be more and more or like more and more old and feel more ashamed of myself. Well, we have been so lucky to see this guy's oh, whole NHL career. Insane. Like he's just a freak. Insane. Um, so shout out Sid. Um, we love we, we we love you here. You're you're not the best player in the league anymore. That is Connor. So shut up. But you're still great, Sid. <laughs> Did you see the uh, the post that the Penguins made? And it was like the uh, every yeah every player yeah. who's ever assisted on a on a Crosby goal. Twenty one unassisted goals in the NHL. Nasty. But like Malkin and Latang are just sitting there both over a hundred apiece. And Lemieux on there as well, which I think is the craziest yeah, part. Lemieux had like four assists yeah. to, to Crosby. is crazy. Um, oh, man. Sidney Crosby, good. Did you also see Evgeny Malkin's comment on Yeah, the, that, was, on that, was, that was so funny. <laughs> congratulations but, on the assist. Yeah, and congratulating himself. Beautiful. Uh, so congratulations to Sidney Crosby. Well-deserved and certainly not done yet. You know, it wasn't deserved. uh, Ilya Shosturkin or Igor Shosturkin being pulled 40 seconds left in OT uh, because he got put into concussion protocol, Miles. Sorry, you're saying not deserved? That's not deserved. He shouldn't have been pulled. Well, okay, so I'll be honest with you. I didn't see what happened, but the fact that a medical spotter, like, made the call to say, hey, get that guy out of the game, I think, like, good on them for doing that because that'd be a pretty bad look for the sport pretty bad look for player safety and player health to to say ah no uh, a, a medical professional thinks you might have a conk <laughs> stay in there buddy finish it off it's good when it comes to a head injury i think to take a guy out it sucks that there was 40 seconds left in the game uh and they made uh gregorov what georgiev georgiev that's another coal mining last name come in for 40 seconds in the last <laughs> bit of the shootout but um yeah, I mean, like, all in all, I'm glad that the that they had the foresight to take care of a player, even though he didn't want to leave the game. That being said, did you see it? Like, what happened? Why did they take him out? So he um, he got tied or he got tied up in a collision with I don't know who I, I I don't know who was flying towards the net, but I know that it was with a Bruins player. Um, they stormed the net and basically um, knocked him. I don't want to say knocked him out because like he wasn't out cold, but like he was he was on the ice for a bit, but he was fine. He like he was okay. Um, uh, the 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 bigger story was his reaction. His reaction was incredible to being pulled. He absolutely blasted his stick off oh, of yeah. the glass. 
he freaked the fuck out on the way out of the game, which is like rock star. It's like uh it's like it's like a it's like a major league baseball player just destroying their bat when they get ejected from a game. I think that's awesome. That's sick. That is sick. Good for um, Shesterkin. Good for Shesterkin. Good for the Rangers for like pulling off the uh, win. For pulling off the win, they did win in a shootout, two to one. It went to like nine shooters. Um, I think that only three guys actually scored on Cole Miner. So good for them. I don't even want to try to say his last name because I know I'm going to fuck it up. But um. Georgiev, it's not that hard. That is pretty hard. Georgiev. Georgiev. There you go. It's Sorry. like uh, it's like Gior, and then uh, say say uh, Kiev, but instead of saying Ki, say G or uh, G. That's a great way to remember. Igor Eviev. <laughs> what? <laughs> no pan. Leave me alone. <laughs> no pan. Fuck off. No pan. Uh, Jack speaking Eichel. Of, speaking of no pan. Jack Eichel, our guy. Eichel. Uh, well, I shouldn't say our guy, because he's because he's not an Edmonton Oiler. Instead, he's a dirty Vegas Golden Knight. What a loser! Uh, he's going to be making his season debut uh, and his Vegas Golden Knights debut tonight when the Knights take on the Avalanche. Um, okay, can we talk about Jack Eichel for a quick second? Sure. Um, quick answer, Nolan. Speed round. Are you a Jack Eichel fan? Yes or no? I do like Jack Eichel. Yes. Good. Great. Okay. I like Jack Eichel as well. And I've gotten into this argument with a few different people recently that he's not that good, which I think is like sinful What? because yeah, I think, and what I'm getting at here, I talked talk to a few people that are like, dude, Jack Eichel's not even that good. Like, is he really that? Like, look at his numbers. He's not that rank. A, he played on a really shitty Buffalo team for a really long time and had nothing around him. But like Jack Eichel as an individual hockey player is fantastic. And he's been hurt for so long and out for so long that I think a lot of people have just forgotten what this guy can do. And the fact that he's going to be back out playing in Vegas, playing healthy, playing with good players around him, like watch this guy do some pretty spectacular shit. He's, you a, see he's a top 10 center in the NHL and might easy. even be top five if he like, like playing with Vegas. Oh yeah. No, he's going to, he's going to be gross. Um, What's really gross is what Vegas is going to have to do to circumvent the cap um, and like sucks that Mark Stone is hurt. But yeah, they're going to be <laughs> okay. What? He's not fucking hurt. Well, they're, 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 they're going Kucherov. They're, 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 they're circumventing for sure. So you're taking your, you think that you're taking your like best defensive forward Absolutely. and your, and your captain and Absolutely. your captain out of the room just Absolutely. for, just for the cap. Absolutely. Man, I don't know if I buy that. I I 100% believe that. That's absolutely what's happening. There's no... Like, Kelly McCrimmon uh, did a freaking press conference afterwards, and they're like, what, what's he out with? And he's like, ah, it's hard to say. Like, Interesting. There's no way. Like, Vegas is deep enough. They play in a stinky Pacific division. They're, they're absolutely circumventing the cap. Mark Stone will not be back until playoffs. God, that sucks. I love Mark Stone. I love Mark Stone too, but I think we all know that the NHL needs to do something about about the cap rules or what's going to happen with that. Uh, because at at the end of the day, like teams are going to do this. I honestly would not be surprised if Jay Woodcroft is going to Ken Holland and trying to figure something out around that. Because like Zach Cassian is going to be on the IR for a while. Uh, Duncan Keith could very well be in the same boat. Like 
absolutely they're circumventing the cap. Well, two can play at that game then, I guess, eh? Yeah. Um, either that or hopefully there's some blockbuster deal and we can get Riley Smith. Yeah, I don't know if they trade him within division. That'd be like a I I would I could see I could see them trading him back to Florida before anything. Riley Smith for Tyson Berry straight up. Here's the deal. Sign here. Vegas is a smart team, unfortunately. <laughs> you know what I could see though? Like, um, oh fuck, I don't. Uh, I gotta look at. I gotta look at teams with with, with dumb GMs. You can. You can. While you're doing that, get, well, yeah, I'm gonna look at for teams with dumb GMs. Yammer Yager is officially playing professional hockey into his fifties in Czechia, which is just disgusting. Like, I work with some guys that are in their fifties, and they can barely get up and down off the floor. And this guy is playing professional hockey at 50 years old. That's like absolutely yeah, that's incredible. Sick. That's unbelievable. So Yammer Yager just still being a fucking rock star. You mean you mean uh, Czechoslovakia? Um, you called it Chechnya. <laughs> oh, did, oh, did I call it Chechnya? Oh, you called right. it. Che- you don't even. Oh, Fuck. right. <laughs> Open oh. up a textbook, buddy. How, <laughs> how about you ask my D Miles? Oh, um, oh, uh, uh, dumb GMs, uh, Philadelphia Flyers. That'd be a great Tyson Berry landing spot. Tyson Berry for Justin Braun, who says no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, what else we got here? Uh, hey, I mean, sh- Shell sh- Dayoff's pretty fucking stupid. What's that? If Chicago absolutely actually pulls the trigger, we might be able to do a Berry for Dak or Kobe Kirby Dak. Dodge. Dodge. Uh, who, who else, who else is dumb? I, I'm not going to say the Dallas stars because they're not dumb. Cause that's uh, my favorite team. They're not my favorite team. I, ooh, uh, I love roll pines. His name, his name is Rupe hints. Thank you very much. I oh. want, I want some team like New Jersey to say, uh, there are some, uh, uh, private, uh, analytic figures that say Tyson Mary is actually lead uh, offensive defenseman. Um. So what they trade us, Miles Wood and Jesper Bratt? I honestly just want the cap free. I think what would be an awesome deal, but I know Anaheim is too dumb to do it. Or sorry, not dumb, like too far too smart because they have an awesome GM now. They have Pat Verbeek as their GM. Um, learned under Steve Eiserman. Um, because like. He's a UFA, but the Tyson Berry for Josh Manson thing has to be talked about, obviously, because of the Dave Manson connection, and you'd think that he probably wants to come play with his, come play for his father, Papa. Um, Papa, but Daddy, can you see me? <laughs> Daddy wasn't there to play me on the top pair to change <laughs> my underwear. Um, so I. I think that there, I think that there is something there, um, but it's a matter of like, and I, I do feel kind of bad for Tyson Berry because it definitely seems like he enjoys being an oiler right now, especially when they're winning. But, um, yeah, all good things must come to an end. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that I like that isn't good for me, and Tyson Berry should uh, follow suit. Dude, if this team just gets like one like sh- like shutdown right-handed defenseman, oh my god, like, dude, fucking Seattle, give us back Adam Larson. Adam, I don't care if you don't want to be in Edmonton. You don't have a no trade clause. You're coming back. It's a lot of fun now. We're we're better, dude. Imagine uh, Marcus Niemelainen and Adam Larson on a pairing together. Oh, oh, holy shit! 
It's a couple uh, meanies. Okay, go on. Sorry. Uh, no, no problem. No, 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 no problem. Uh, both the men and uh, both the Canada and U.S. men's Olympic teams are out of the medal contention. Slovakia beat the United States and Sweden beat Canada in the quarterfinals. Sad face. This whole tournament is a stark reminder of what could have been had NHL participation been there. And uh, that like low key could have been a gold medal matchup. So sucks. Sad is what it is. Uh, That being said though, Canada's women's Olympic team is looking for gold tonight or this morning or this afternoon. I do not know because time zones are extremely difficult. I can only work in Pacific time, uh, but they are playing for gold. So hopefully uh, the, the women's team, brings home some rose-colored hardware i think i'm gonna throw that on after we're uh after we're done well actually yeah it starts at like 11 p.m right yeah like dude time zones are so tricky oh my god i've been staying up so late lately i may just have to might just have to record it i'm sorry i'm sorry sponsor us sponsor us tim hortons um no one tyler toffoli got traded this week to the calgary flames And there's been a lot of talk from a lot of different media outlets that the Flames are now a wagon. What is your thoughts on this team with Toffoli? That's a a stupidly good trade for Calgary. And I think that that pretty well cements them into being among the contenders in the West. Well, I'm still, I'm still, I'm still skeptical to be completely honest with you. They're only five points up on the Oilers when you look at standings and not that like everything is in relation to the Oilers, but I don't know. I'm still at the start seven in a row, seven in a row, but they're a streaky team. Yeah. But like, I don't know. Like they, we'll see. We'll see. FFK is going to be fired up that I'm, that I'm stroking them off this much, but like Tyler Toffoli is like your second or third line player. That's a really good fit. Yeah, that makes you good. That makes you a good team. Like if they can keep it going and keep it together, like yeah, they could be dangerous. They could be good, but we'll see what happens because uh, it's the Flames, and we know that the Flames are their own worst enemy. Am I wrong? Who says uh, no? Uh, I say yes. Uh, can I uh, give a quick uh, a qu- a quick shout out to to the other divisional rival, Vancouver Canucks? Another player. That was on that that, that <laughs> bubble Canucks <laughs> that bubble Canucks team that is now a Calgary Flame. That Four puts us at Alex. one, two, three players. Four by <laughs> Alex, we care very much about you. Isn't it how no they have isn't isn't it four? Uh Markstrom, Tanev, and Toffoli. God, I thought there was another one. Uh, no, that no, no, no. There wasn't. I think. It, I think I'm thinking of the LA connection now because you can see Lucic is just losing oh, his fucking mind. Hold on a second. Hold on two seconds here. Oh no. Okay. They, okay. Never mind. I thought. I thought it was Eric and Branson for a second. And it wasn't. Branson. Good Branson. Because they've, they've got they've got Luch, uh Sutter, and Toffoli now. The Kings connection as well. Okay, that's that's just, that's enough, Calgary. Cal- Calgary's just loving life right Calgary's, now. All- Calgary's stealing LA Kings valor. <laughs> they can't wait to wear cowboy boots on concrete. God God bless Calgary. Anywho, uh, Nolan. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, Sorry, hey, you have the have the nicest team you want, have the best team you want. It's going to be really sad when Bettman pulls, uh, pulls the Stanley Cup final from your rink because it's not up to standards. <laughs> 
No, it's they gonna... actually can't play here because this is a condemned arena. They're going to be playing their games at uh, the Arizona State University arena. Why is Gary Bettman sounding like a Transylvanian Donald Trump? Because they are one and the same. You have to kind of talk like this and shake your head. Uh, the uh, What a great series. We've been treated to something truly spectacular. <laughs> I have to pull funding from the Calgary Flames to fund the Arizona Coyotes. Who says no? 5,000 people say yes. Could you imagine how insane that stadium would be if the Yotes ever made it to a Stanley Cup final? Like, small, what? loud, made for college, only 5,000 Can we just say, like, that's a fucking embarrassment for the NHL? Yeah, th- that's disgusting. That's, a, like, a, an utter embarrassment. I can't, like, you have to be ashamed of yourself if you're Gary Bettman and being like, yeah, we're a professional sports team. Like, could you imagine, could you, could you even, even comprehend the Jacksonville Jaguars playing it like Mosaic Stadium. No, dude, Libel Field is a better comparison. Oh! Thanks for coming out. That's the best thing I've ever said on the pod. Confirmed. Trevor Lawrence steps out at Libel Field and just chucks a hundred yard dime <laughs> to Duran Carter <laughs> with a blunt in his mouth. Insane, but yeah, that no, it's just so gross that that they get to play in a five thousand seat college stadium for like three fucking years until they have a rank. Get them out. Divest. It like it, and this is goes back to my conspiracy theory. They have to be waiting for Matthews. There's no other explanation. So what? He's gonna build the rink too? I I don't fucking know, man. But like, there's a. How can you justify? How can you justify keeping this team around if that's the case? Oh my there, goodness! There's no other reason. Let's talk about a different uh, a different uh, expansion team. Yes, that's a good, this is a good segue, Nolan, because this is a good story, and it deserves a good segue. Uh, the Seattle Kraken will have JT Brown and Everett uh, Fitzhugh calling their game Thursday night against the Jets, and they will become the first all-black broadcast team in the NHL. Shout out to the Kraken, and shout out to these boys going off. Uh, Fitzhugh was quoted as saying by the NHL here today um, that – he was having a conversation with like, they're asking him, they're kind of talking to the two of them. Like, what does it mean to you? Like, are you guys excited? Like what's, what's kind of going on? And Fitzhugh's answer was, I was talking to Morgan geeky and he said, Hey, your game coming up, you and JT are going to kill it. The boys are proud of you for geeky to say that within the locker room, that they're paying attention, that they see the significance of it, that they're rooting for us. That's pretty special. It was a small gesture, but it shows they're paying attention and that we're all in this together. Uh, that, that was really special for me to hear him say, end quote. So, like, doesn't that just warm your cold heart? It certainly does. It and certainly does. It's going to warm my heart more when um, the two of them are, are calling the game and uh, uh, Alex Wenberg scores a hat trick on the fucking Winnipeg Jets. God, or Hellebuck just smashed his stick. Oh, no. 
Oh no, he's requested a trade to Edmonton. <laughs> oh no, Mark Shifley's a loser. Confirmed <laughs> per Darren. There was <laughs> there was an Instagram ad that popped up and it was like, you can win a signed jersey from Mark Shifley. And I'm like, no. I should definitely I should <laughs> I should definitely put my name in a draw so I can send it to Miles. A uh. signed Mark Shifley jersey. Oh my god, how quickly would I use that for kindling? <laughs> How 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 quick would I use it for a dish rag? Uh, I can't wait to go camping and run out of toilet paper. <laughs> I think that's so funny. Um, when like I like that's a that's a really great like boomer joke is the like uh when people are like oh I ran out of toilet paper here I'll use the least logo. <laughs> <laughs> Does anyone have a Calgary Stampeders jersey? <laughs> oh. And another good one is um I, I always love I always love like older people's like fascination with beer. Like, oh uh like uh, when I used to what when I used to work at Everaz Place, shout out Everaz, um I used to work like all the concerts and Pats games and stuff, and we would deliver kegs to all the concession stands. What do you think people said to me when I would be rolling out those kegs? Hey, yeah, you can just leave those here. They're in good hands. A hundred and ten percent. Oh yeah. They'd be like, oh, just put that in my car. Oh yeah, you're a little <laughs> far from where you're supposed to go with that. Put it in my car. Or it's, <laughs> or it's like people saying, oh, beer money or something. I don't yeah. fucking know. Oh man, boomers love saying cold beer. Oh, I mean, is there anything better than a cold beer? No, but they they love the like preceding adjective of uh, of, of cold. <laughs> To beer like you know, i want a cold beer like you go out for dinner with like your uncle or something and they're like what do you got and he's like you got a cold beer it's like it's a fucking restaurant darren like of course they have cold <laughs> beer. of course it's on ice it's in a cooler an industrial grade cooler you think it's gonna be warm come on what can i get for you guys today what do you have on tap yeah that's a good oh I don't know if I should say it or not because I think I'm gonna get in trouble. But I love going somewhere, going somewhere, and and the first thing somebody in your group said, "What do you got that's local?" Oh no! Because then, what do you got that's local? And they're like talking about like, "Oh, we've got like a dog piss IPA. It's really <laughs> hoppy. We've also got this new one, and it's from it's from Manitoba, but it's a it's a farm rattler. Oh yeah, and you have to act all interested. And then I'm just like, "Yeah, can I get a Bud Light?" And you just have to wear it at the table where this person's just like had like this big beer connoisseur talk. And like, obviously they're, they're making connection with the server. And then I'm just like, Sorry, guy. yeah, I always side of clam. Yeah. It's also funny too, like going to like a, going to some like cool, some cool pub where they're like, Oh yeah, we serve a, um, I don't know. We, we serve like a shepherd's pie or some shit like that. Or like we serve a bangers and mash. And then they'll be like, yeah, we have a Scot, we have like a Scottish hoppy beer. And you're like, yeah, yeah pairs- cool. Cool. I'll have a Coors light. Yeah. It pairs really nice with this uh, stout that we have from a brewery just down the street. I remember when we went to, um, when we went to blank for my birthday, when I was in Regina, and the immediately walk in. Yeah, can I get a Bud Light? Oh, we don't have domestic beer here. We have craft. We have selections of craft beer. And I said, 
I immediately said to my mother, uh, Mom, this is bullshit. Fucking cancel the reservation. Cancel it like Harvey Weinstein. That's oh. the second reference I've made. Or did I make it earlier or was that before we recorded? That was before we started recording. Oh. So yeah, that would have been your second Harvey Weinstein reference in an hour and a half. It's a, it's a hell of a time to be alive. Um, go to jail. <laughs> do not pass. Go. Do not collect $200. You're um, a sick, sick man. Oh, I was going to say something, Miles. Um, I have to cover my tracks quickly. Um, after shitting on craft beer for the past, like, four minutes, like, I'm not going to drink a thousand of them this weekend. Uh, Miles, last thing I wanted to ask you, uh, and this is and this is just off the dome. Um, we're going to – I was having this discussion with Taylor and my dad. Um, what is your least favorite, like, um, uh, prairie town or city? My least favorite prairie town or city? Yeah, like going from going from Alberta to Manitoba. Oh, okay. Wow, that's a tough one because there's a lot of contenders just in Saskatchewan. Um, where do I hate? I hate a lot of places, Nolan. You're putting me on the spot. I think I would probably just say Winnipeg, like for the lols, but I fucking hate Esteban too. <laughs> Miles, can I tell you? my most hated town in canada is it the place outside of brandon shiloh manitoba there we go fucking dump sorry residents of shiloh fucking it thanks for it makes moose jaw look like los angeles hey now moose jaw is a (laughs) hell of a city moose jaw is a hell of a city but it's saying a lot when you say it makes it look like los angeles uh, do you ever call uh, Lethbridge Leth Vegas? No, but you've made that joke before yeah. on the show because it's just popping. But yeah, Shiloh, Manitoba. Uh, oh. we're, we're gonna get canceled. I feel like that's a community that would cancel us. Sorry, sorry, Shiloh. Uh, my dad was in the military, and we had we had family friends we had to go see in Shiloh, and it was never good. <laughs> Maybe quality of people. I'm sorry, but like, fuck. Sorry, I'm bad. Dude, it's like it's like a forty minute drive to get to Brandon, Oof. and that's already a tough hang. <laughs> you know what? Never had a bad night in Brandon. I never had a night in Brandon. That's your first. Guy. No, that that's your problem. Brandon's a good little city, a good little fun town. Brandon Ag Days. Okay, shit. Nolan Patrick, let's relax. No, Matt, dude, Brandon Ag Days are wild. How many Bud Lights are consumed? <laughs> By me or in total? <laughs> Taking stocks out in Anheuser Bush. Yeah. Invest. Bang. <laughs> the stonks are high. Uh, well, we've just went on a, a complete and utter tangent for like a good 15 minutes. So it's fun. It is really fun. I've I've had a great time. I yeah. I love when the I love when the juices are flowing. The juices are flowing, the beers are also, and the boys are just having a good time because you know what? The Oilers are three and oh. Jay Woodcroft, first Oilers coach in history to start off his tenure at three and oh. We love it. Stunt on these hoes, Jay Woodcroft. Nolan. Yes. There are a few games coming up. Playing the Anaheim Ducks. On Thursday, February seventeenth. Did you like that? Did you did you think that was funny? NLL. 
Because it's... Oh! (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) What a tough abbreviation. I've never thought of that before. Do you want to do you want to do you want to reveal to the audience uh, what uh, what yours read? Uh, anal. Nice, nice. <laughs> the Anaheim Ducks on <laughs> Thursday, February seventeenth. The Winnipeg Jets on Saturday, February nineteenth, and the Minnesota Wild on Monday, February twenty first. Nolan, it's been a while since we've done one of these with the uh, the stoppage because of COVID with the all-star break, with the just general disdain for this team when they were losing consecutive games. This feels like the first uh, week preview that I've actually had hope for. Uh, What are you thinking for the upcoming week, bud? I hate to break it to you, but we did it last week. (laughs) Yeah, but I actually have hope this time. I care. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm invested. I'm not just throwing something out. (laughs) Are you saying that you haven't been invested for almost two years? First one in a while. I wouldn't say two years. <laughs> First one since the start of season two, for sure. Oh, God. 3-0. 3-0. 3-0. 3-0. we're gonna. I think we're going to put the analytic slippers to the test against the, uh, against the Minnesota Wild. We're going to throw in the dancing shoes. Matthew Boldy up against Philip Broberg. It's a spicy time. Papa J versus the world. I'm going to say two and one. You fucking Grinch. That's it. I'm not going. That's it. I'm not going. <laughs> um, yes, I think two and one. And I think that the loss is not going to come against Minnesota. Oh, you think it's the, don't tell me you think it's the Jets. I'm just saying, Brooksy. Ah, yuck. I'm just saying, Brooksy, for some reason, the new nemesis is out there. Yeah. Yeah. That's yucky. Yucky, yucky, Wash your mouth out with soap, young man. I will. I'll have a craft beer just for you. I think think we're going to ride this into, like, the Florida-Tampa, because I think they still have to play Florida and Tampa, which is a little terrifying. But um, I think they're going to ride this high, because I feel good. Um, these games don't feel like score effects because like the team actually genuinely looks different rather than like, they're just scoring more. Like this team does look structurally very different than what they did under the, the, the previous regime. So this is good stuff to see. I'm happy. I'm, I'm I'm like, I'm fired up again. I'm, I'm really excited. Miles. Amen. Amen to that brother. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it as well. But Nolan, I think it's time I get you out of here. It's late. It's It's late for both of us. Okay, fuck me then. Um, But I think (laughs) I think it's time that we go our separate ways. And uh, Nolan, with that in mind, I want to say thank you for another episode, another fun time. But as always, go Oilers, go! Go Oilers, go! (laughs) 